0: The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7.
1: You're on the line. Here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika, Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on a sunny day. Hot and what should be a pretty good Tuesday for Auburn fans out there on this Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. This is the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. Alongside me, as always, is Carter Bird here for the next two hours on ESPN 106.7. Hope you're doing well. We uh, get to start the show with some breaking news. That's right. As of about uh, seven minutes ago, we have breaking news for Auburn football. We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. Carter, I hope you're doing well on this Tuesday, and uh, I think Auburn fans are going to be happy with what we're about to talk about.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, this is what we've been talking about. There has been one position group. While Hugh Freeze and this staff, they have addressed all of the needs. There's been one glaring position that has been a little bit of a hole still. They landed Caleb Burton, what, a little over a week ago? Well, now you've got your second on board,
1: and I don't think you're done. As of about five minutes ago, according to his Twitter account, Auburn football has landed the commitment of North Texas wide receiver Jair Shorter. He has committed to play for Hugh Freeze and Auburn. He is six foot two. He's a sixth year senior. He averaged twenty seven yards per catch and scored eleven touchdowns last season for North Texas. So the questions <laughs> is stupid yes it's ridiculous 23
2: catches for 628 yards and 11 touchdowns Mm -hmm. is that's a video game stat line that's like that that's the you run four verts and you throw it deep to to that one guy and every time he does come down with the ball it's a 30 yard catch and half the time it's a touchdown
1: So, Auburn has now brought in three receivers through the transfer portal to add to what was a talented room, but what was a very small wide receiver room. And uh, that's a question that has been asked so many times for us, uh, for our listeners, and for Auburn fans on Twitter and just in town. Who is Auburn going to throw the football to? And it seems like they have found some receivers, and Jire Shorter is just another one of those guys who is a playmaker who gets the football, who makes plays after the catch, and scores touchdowns, and... Whoever the quarterback is in 2023, they have another receiver to throw to. Again, breaking news, as of uh, five or ten minutes ago, North Texas transfer wide receiver Jire Shorter has committed to play for Auburn. So, phone lines are open. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. How are you feeling now that Auburn has yet again another wide receiver addition through the transfer portal, 334 321 that number again, 334-321-1390. How are you feeling about Auburn in the transfer portal? How are you feeling that there are guys to catch the football outside of one or two guys? You have depth at the wide receiver position. You have skill at the wide receiver position. And again, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 334 321 321 1390 or tweet at us on Twitter at ESPN one oh six seven give us your reactions on there. We'd love to hear from you and uh, see what you're thinking now that Auburn picks up another commit in the transfer portal. And again, how nice is it to have a head coach, Carter, that is addressing the needs of the team in the wide receiver room was just not good. And here we are, he's picked up three of them in the transfer portal. Well, you've now got
2: your deep threat. Your guy who has some size, has some strength, I think has that explosive speed. You pair that with Caleb Burton, who I think might uh, develop into a guy who puts up some pretty big numbers in the slot for Auburn. I think he's kind of of that Ohio State receiver mold. Uh, I'm excited to see how these two complement each other, and you already have Camden Brown, who, yes, we have not seen a big sample size. I think that's a... Uh, Brian Harson issue more than it is a Camden Brown issue. I think he everything you hear is about how special he could end up being. Last year, nine catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns, but Harson barely played the freshman. We you had three freshman receivers that honestly, I think if they got full run last year, I think they all would have been the, the three best on the team mm-hmm. besides besides Javarius, who you do have back your leading receiver. It looks a lot better after the past 10 days. The Auburn offense, thinking about the addition of Peyton Thorne, the addition of Caleb Burton, um, Jaden Muskrat, and now Jair Shorter. The offense is really coming together, and you're, you're seeing Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery, and this staff really attack the needs to have an offense that can stay on the field, help the defense out, can score some points in this league. Because, look, as my, I'll, I'll give some credit to Terry. Terry talks about it. It's a different game of football than it was in the early 2000s.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: In the early 2000s, yeah, you got those 7-3, 10-9 SEC games where Auburn's beaten LSU. Like, that happened. That doesn't happen very often these days. Unless you play football in Iowa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or Just Big Ten in general outside of Ohio State, it seems like. Well, mainly, like. mainly Iowa it's yes. in my book. Because I is so good and that offense is so bad. But you're right. I mean, it's an offense. It's a game of college football now where you have to score points. And I've talked about it multiple times. My number is 24. 24 has always been my number when it has been in the past. And it may even grow as the game I think grows. it should probably grow a hair. Maybe 27 and I don't think I would go higher than that. But I, 24 has been my number in the past where, as a defense, if you can hold a team under 24 points, your offense should be good enough to win the ballgame. And as an offense, if you score more than 24 points, that should be enough to win a football game, in my opinion, for most of the time. Now, it is getting a little bit more and growing because of what we just talked about. The game is growing. It's an offensive mindset now. Look at what Alabama does. Look at what Georgia does. Look at what Ohio State does. They score 50 points a game, and they beat people by 30. And so that's what Auburn had to find. They had to find guys that could do that for them, and they have found Peyton Thorne at the quarterback spot. You pick up Jire Shorter, the North Texas wide receiver, as of about 10 minutes ago in the transfer portal. You've gone and got an offensive lineman. You have tight ends. You have a stacked running back room if you're Auburn football. Carter, this offense is coming together. It's actually coming yeah. together, and you can see that it might actually be a good offense. You might have
2: packages where there is one. Actually, scratch that. (laughs) You could honestly field an entire offense right now out of guys who were not on this roster last year. Between Connor Liu, your four transfer offensive linemen, Peyton Thorne, Brian Battee at running back, who I know he's really, really small and he's a scat back, kind of. But he graded out really well Mm -hmm. on Pro Football Focus. He ran wild on a bad USF offense. Ran wild on Florida, and SEC defense in their only SEC matchup. He had 150 yards on 17 carries. His size does not limit him at all. And, and you've brought in three transfer wide receivers and a transfer tight end who I think is the most athletic, most dynamic tight end Auburn has had in at least 20 years. I mean, none of them jo- – I mean, we can talk about Lutz, Lutz, I don't think had the raw athleticism of Fairweather. You can talk about CJ. Mm-hmm. CJ was really good. I still don't think he had the athletic athleticism of Fairweather.
1: And he wasn't used because Auburn well, yeah. didn't believe well, was, in tight that ends. Was, that was
2: the Gus Malzahn era of we're gonna sign all these four star tight ends and throw them five balls a year. Yeah. Like as a position group, not like as individuals. And you have Uzama who's in the league now and, and playing really well. Yeah, he's uh I think he um uh, has already grabbed dinner with uh, Aaron Rodgers.
1: I don't blame him. I would, too. I absolutely would, too. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that that's a sore subject. It, it is. It's still a sore subject for me. Hey, at least you've got Jordan Love. Oh, stop. We can't We can't go down the Packers road. We just can't. But with you're right. With Auburn's roster, you could almost build an offense. Not a very deep offense, but you could build a starting there. 11 with guys that weren't on the team last year. Yeah you got you could you could have uh,
2: your two transfer tackles Avery Jones at center. You could have uh, Muskrat and Lou at guard, and then your starting quarterback is going to be a transfer. And you've brought in three receivers. And again, I come back to this. I don't think you're done. I think you're still looking. And I think that that's an indictment on the talent that Gus Malzahn brought in to that room in the latter years of his tenure, and the fact that. I don't think Brian Harson knew where the receivers were in the southeast, much less the state, because anybody with half a brain could have told you drive 30 minutes that way down to Central because they always have a four-star, five-star re- receiver there. That's
1: where Alabama goes. That's where they get their receivers. Well, Not even that's where Clemson goes. Yeah, Clemson does Clemson feed Clemson out of comes there too. Clemson into Alabama. And takes the Central kids. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. I just don't think Brian Harson was worried about it. I really don't. And we've seen just the, I, I, the how bad it was. I still think if you asked him where
2: in two years where was Central on a map, I don't think he would have the slightest clue. Probably not.
1: And Hugh Freeze has been there like Hugh Freeze and this staff's been there for what feels like twenty times already. But what all of this means is the fact that Hugh Freeze has come in and he has changed this roster drastically for the good, and not like a Deion Sanders at Colorado drastic change. You've seen Hugh Freeze keep some of the guys on this team. Yeah, you've seen guys transfer out, and you know what? I, I think we had this conversation the other day, Carter. I don't think anybody that has left Auburn football through the transfer portal has just been one of those detrimental departures I don't think anybody that is left really really hurts Auburn that they're leaving sure there's a couple of names you would have liked to held on to maybe but other than that everybody that's left has been a good thing and everybody and I mean everybody that you have brought in if you're Hugh Freeze and this Auburn staff they will make immediate impacts on this football team for a couple of reasons one because they're all really really good players Two, they have really good experience. And three, there's not that much talent on the roster right now. There's some really good players, but there's not enough. And now you have depth, and you have gone and gotten guys in the transfer portal. What do I say all the time? I say the transfer portal is where you go to fill your holes and find immediate impact players. You fill the holes on the roster. And you find immediate impact players. And that's what Hugh Freeze and the staff have done. They've gotten guys that will literally be starters on this year's team. Because of what is left, what the roster was, and who they've gone and gotten. And that includes Jair Shorter, the North Texas wide receiver, who has committed to play for Auburn as of today, uh, right before we went on the air, about 15 minutes ago. He has committed to play at the receiver position for Auburn. Their third wide receiver through the transfer portal, including a tight end. Uh, Auburn—they've got guys to throw the football to, man, and guys that can make plays. You—you you said it. This is your deep threat right here. This is your guy where you throw it fifty yards down the field, a 50-50 ball, and you make him go get it. Yes, I think he can be that, but 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 I think Camden
2: Brown, like, legitimately, will be your intermediate like contested catch guy with how physical and strong he is, and his frame. I think that this is your guy who can run by people. And, God, when's the last time that an Auburn quarterback was good at throwing a deep ball? When's the last time? Kind of. That's the best one. 17, Stidham, yes.
1: Stidham. 18,
2: Stidham, no. And then before that. Dude (laughs) receded into his shell and, and was afraid of his own shadow after the LSU game. Because he didn't need to be playing at Auburn. Well, yes, but it wasn't going to get better at Texas A&M with Kevin Sumlin. <laughs> I'm not saying either one of those were good options, but giant or shorter, were yeah. the options. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah,
1: unfortunately for him. I think
2: he had a more successful career in two years at Auburn than he would
1: have had at Texas a and I'll die on that hill. That's fair. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But, yeah, now I think you have a quarterback in Peyton Thorne who can throw the deep ball, who has proven he can throw the deep ball. And you have a receiver now, a gyre shorter, that can go and get the deep ball and be open. And maybe, just maybe, Auburn might have a quarterback that'll put it on the numbers or put it in the breadbasket rather than throwing a fastball 15 yards behind him or throwing it as hard as you can and it be 20 yards out in front of him. I mean, I think Auburn should be in a good spot You get another wide receiver. You have picked up three in the transfer portal along with a quarterback and offensive lineman. The offense is starting to shape out for Auburn. And I think there's still even more room to grow. 334-321-1390. How are you feeling? That Auburn has gone and gotten another wide receiver, the North Texas transfer, Jair Shorter, who is a stud. We'll talk about it some more when we come back. How are you feeling, though? We'd love to hear from you.
0: 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. All
1: right, back here in the studio inside ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika sports leader talking the breaking news for Auburn football uh, as the Tigers add another threat at the receiver spot. They add Jair Shorter, the North Texas wide receiver transfer. And uh, if you're wondering what exactly – gyre uh, shorter is and why he is good and why you should be excited about this young man he averaged 27 yards per catch last season with 11 touchdowns I mean this guy at North Texas by the way let's just be honest at North Texas this guy is a really really good player and is a threat an absolute threat for Auburn on the offensive side of the football
2: oh yeah 100 I mean and and that's a North Texas team that is solid i won't say they're like great uh they 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 just got a new coach why did oh, i forget that they played 14 games last year despite going 7 and 7 mm-hmm. how about that i mean he was on their he was the the leading the leading guy i mean or, well, i think he was second uh they had roderick burns was the only other guy and he only outpaced him by 48 yards so on and he had half the catches that burns did Um, So, I mean, this is a welcome addition because, again, we keep coming back to Auburn didn't have much there, man. Like, it was, if you look at the Auburn wide receiver room and what they did last year, you have Javarius Johnson with 493 yards and then Coy Moore at 314, and that's it. That's really coming back. You've got Cam Brown, it is 123, but those are the only three guys that are receivers that cracked 100 yards, much less 500, because Auburn didn't have any of them. Mm-hmm. Much less the the 2,000-yard guys that Coy Moore said before <laughs> yeah. the year last year that Auburn had.
1: Yeah, which obviously was nowhere close. Uh, a little bit of a backstory on Jair Shorter, initially in the class of 2018, he committed as a 3-star tight end. Did you know that? He was a tight end when he committed out of high school and he grew into a wide receiver and has really shown out for for Texas or for North Texas. And uh, I mean he he just goes and gets balls. I mean, he gets so many receptions for so many yards and meaningful ones at that. I mean, getting touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. This guy is an instant impact player. I'm going to continue to say that because that's exactly what he is. And you look at what he can do because he's experienced. He's a grad transfer. And a good quote that he had, he said, uh, this is from Auburn 247, our good buddy Christian Clemente and those guys over at 247. He said, Quote, just to be that a vocal leader for the guys, since I have more experience, Shorter said of his role, coming in and helping the younger guys, I want everybody to win and I want everybody to eat. So I feel that, I feel like that'll be good if I came there and be a leader and help the guys. And I think that's a huge part of this. I mean, he's, he's a legitimate veteran
2: guy because he is, he's been in college for a long time. He enrolled, I mean, he played in the fall of 2018 and my concern is that he's had a tendency to have some lower leg injuries that have cost him a lot of times uh, time I mean in between 2018 2020 and 2021 he uh, played in just 5 games in those 3 3 years and caught 11 balls and that's due to injury uh, when he is healthy when he is out there he's a really good player i mean he has 40 in the two healthy seasons he has
1: 47 catches for over a thousand one hundred yards, mm-hmm. you'll take that right now if you're Auburn. Think about the last two wide receiver transfers that Auburn has picked up. It's this guy, in Jair Shorter, and Caleb Burton from Ohio mm-hmm. State. Think about that. You have you have two polar opposite types of guys. One is a proven veteran that can will be that a plug and chug type of guy who has proven it in the college game, who has the stats to back it up, versus Caleb Burton who has yet to play a down in college football because he didn't get time at Ohio State. He was behind some of the best receivers in the entire country and the best wide receiver room in the entire country. And so you bring in those two guys, in Jire Shorter, who has proven he's a grad transfer, can be that senior and that leader in the locker room and in the wide receiver room, and you bring in Caleb Burton, whose potential is absolutely sky high. Those are two fantastic guys to bring in to the wide receiver room for whoever the quarterback's going to be to throw the football to here in this transfer you portal window. You continue to upgrade across the offense. There's no doubt. The,
2: across depth and, and
1: just upgrading your starting level talent, it continues to be a trend. Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. specter you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, uh,
3: listen, I'm on the road. I need you guys to help me out here. Uh just mm-hmm. heard uh, about the receiver we got from North Texas, was it? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, isn't that the same school that T.J. Finley went to?
2: No, he went to Texas State.
3: Texas State. Okay, got you. All right, I was confused about that one. I, was wanting, I wanted to get a clarification on that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, T.J. Finley went to Texas State. Jair Shorter is the wide receiver who committed to Auburn about 30 minutes ago. He is from North Texas. And he might not be the only North Texas
2: transfer Auburn picks up because Larry Nixon, the middle linebacker, is still out there.
3: Yeah, next question is, do you have any idea why people are bailing out of North Texas?
0: Well, um, I mean,
2: these are these are two guys who are elevating, looking to elevate the conference they play in. They produced at North Texas in, in Conference USA and now appear to be having an opportunity at the Power Five level, have opportunities at Auburn in the SEC West. Yeah, that sounds like a
3: good idea. I don't blame them for doing that.
1: Yeah, I mean two all guys right. that are all conference players at North Texas and have a chance when when a power 5 conference school comes comes calling and they're interested in you. I think you got to take the chance and, and I mean
2: North Texas did go through a like regime change. Mm-hmm. There is a new coach there and going into year 1 of his tenure. That could be part of it too. I could, I could see
3: all right, good deal then. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah,
1: appreciate the call, Spectre. Good to hear from you. 334 321 1390. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Auburn picking up yet again another addition in the transfer portal, another wide receiver, uh, the position group that fans have been begging for. After the quarterback, it was quarterback and then receiver. It was really, it was offensive line, quarterback, and then wide receiver. What was Auburn going to do in those three spots? Well, and the offensive line, they've they've basically built an entire other offensive line because they've gotten depth. Then they went and got their quarterback and Peyton Thorne. Now they're getting guys to throw the football to with Caleb Burton from Ohio State. You have Jair Shorter today that committed about 30 minutes ago from North Texas. He is coming in as a grad transfer who averaged 27 yards per reception last year with 11 touchdowns in 2022 at North Texas on 23 receptions for 628 yards and 11 touchdowns. I mean, you can't you can't do it any better than that. Almost half of his catches were touchdowns. He had 23 receptions and 11 touchdowns. Like, you can't do it any better than that. Almost half every other ball thrown your way that you caught was a touchdown? That's pretty effective in my book, Carter.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, I mean, how many, I, I'm curious, let's see. How many receiving touchdowns did Auburn Auburn's receiving room have
1: last year? Oh goodness. That'll have to be a stat we may find uh after the break. But no, it was seven. It's that that's how easy it is to figure it out. Goodness. Seven. Seven touchdowns by Auburn receivers last year. That is That's just not good, man. Not good at all. And you bring in, again, a veteran guy of out of North Texas who has the chance to play at Auburn, Jair Shorter. Is going to be a really, really good player, and what I think is important is not only is he going to be good, you still have talent that was on the roster to begin with. Plus, you've brought in guys through the transfer portal. Um, I just think that Scratch I think that. Auburn. I'm wrong. Hand up. It's six because Shinker has one of them. <laughs> oh no! Wow. So it was even worse than what we thought by a whole touchdown. Jarquez had two. Good for him. So you
2: had you had nine receiving touchdowns, and three of them were by a tight end
1: and a running back. I have a feeling that's going to change this year. Probably. I have a feeling that's going to change
3: this year. I think that's year.
2: safe to
1: say. Between a better receiving core, a better quarterback possibly, and a better offensive line. Yeah, I think that number will change quite a bit this year. Auburn picks up Jair Shorter, the North Texas wide receiver transfer. We'll talk some more about that, plus maybe some Auburn baseball coming up as we get into more hour number one.
0: You are on the line with Jacob Goertz and Carter Byrd on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader
1: halfway through our number one here on the tuesday edition of on the line the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back i'm jacob goeth he is carter bird with you on espn 1067 got a couple of phone calls to to get to we've had people calling in talking about the breaking news of auburn landing the transfer wide receiver jair shorter from north texas about 30 minutes ago and uh, this guy i know wants to talk about that and some auburn baseball as well 334-321-1390 3, 3, 3, 1, our Good buddy Jack Cudden is on the phone lines. Jack, how are you, man? Man, I'm I'm a little
4: sunburned. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it from last weekend, this past weekend. Uh,
1: oh yeah, but, you were in but, Oxford. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs>
4: I know, yeah, but a lot of big news going on, it seems like, around campus. So excited to dive in.
1: Well, let's talk about the breaking news before we get to the baseball stuff. Auburn football has landed the commitment from yet another wide receiver. This time it's Jair Shorter from North Texas, the grad transfer uh, from North Texas who caught 23 passes for 11 touchdowns last season. What do you think about that?
4: This is a good one because I think this is going to appease not only – the traditional football fans that look at highlights and go, oh, he can play, but but also the stat heads. I mean, if you look around at some of his highlights there, they're pretty insane going up and grabbing, you know, go up and get it balls and fifty fifty 50-50 balls, really. Uh, but, you know, as a stat head myself, I'm a lot more impressed with a couple of these numbers. I mean, 27.3 yards per catch. That means he's a deep threat. He's kind of that Darius Slayton mold that Auburn um, had a few years ago. I think he's and bigger
2: then, and stronger than Slayton is.
4: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then the other thing about him is that he's a big play threat. I mean, twenty of his fifty-eight career receptions have gone for touchdowns. I mean, that's a stat that you know you saw. I think it was it LeSean and in a few years ago that um, was just. I mean, every time he caught a pass, it was a touchdown. I mean, those are those are really insane numbers for a wide receiver. And so oh, yeah. I think it appeases both sections of the fan base.
2: One hundred percent. I mean, this is a um, this is a big get for Auburn, and this is. This is a guy who can plug and play into a a wide receiver room that doesn't have a lot of known commodities. I mean, Javaris Johnson, kind of Coy Moore or Coy Coy Moore and then I mean, we've heard so much about Camden Brown, but he's only caught 9 balls so far in his in his Auburn career.
4: Yeah, and I think the thing with Cam Brown is much more potential. Yes, um,
2: I mean he—he's the best athlete. He's the strongest guy, best frame. I think he's got all the skill, and I think he's going to be your number one this next year. But outside of him and Javarius Johnson, you don't really have a lot of guys that you—you know—you can rely on.
4: Well, and I think you're looking—you're looking there at what is proven. Okay, so you—you you do see some catches last year from Camden. Brown and I know it's only you know, I know it's only a few but I mean get got a couple impressive catches he made but one against Arkansas where he's kind of fallen you know towards the back <laughs> pylon and he reaches out with one hand and catches it of course the he goes up and gets one against LSU in the game I mean he had some of these highlight plays throughout the season I think the biggest thing with Cam Brown this year is going to be can he catch just the the um just the easy balls essentially I mean you know you saw it with A guy like Sammy Coates who came through uh, back in 2014-ish year, I mean, that was a guy who he could go up and he could get the really difficult balls. But sometimes when he was going to get just the kind of the mediocre ones that were right there in his hands, it was like he lost concentration. So that's the other big one is that can you be a consistent guy, not just a big play guy? And I think that's the next step for Camden Brown. Uh, But I think a guy like Jair Shorter, he immediately comes in and challenges Cam Brown. And I think you can line them up opposite of one another and uh, feel really good about your receiver room.
1: And, Jack, one thing I've been talking about is you bring in your last two receiver transfers. Are Jair Shorter, a proven guy who is a grad transfer. He talked about wanting to be a leader in this receiver room versus Caleb Burton, who is unproven to the max. He has not played at all. And so, but the potential is through the absolute roof. And so that's what gets me excited is you've brought in a guy who could be a real superstar down the road, but you also have brought in a true proven guy who's already proven he can get it done.
4: Yeah, and anybody out of Ohio State's receiver room, yep. um, anybody they want, I want as an Auburn as an Auburn fan. Um, I mean, these guys, you know, they are cranking out NFL talent. They're going to have two more probably um, this upcoming season, and, and probably in years to come. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always a fan of going to pick away from Ohio State's receiver room. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think you I think you've improved that room a lot, and you've improved the potential of that room because I, I think Caleb Burton can be a guy who really develops into a really nice piece for Auburn uh, for Hugh Freeze in this offense. (laughs) By the way, when you look at Jair Shorter's uh, game logs from last year, this is just hilarious to look at. La Tech game, one catch, 51 yards. UTSA, one catch, 58 yards. UAB, one catch, 53. Rice, one for 45. Boise State, one for 30. And then FIU, so he's been on the same field as Fairweather, Two for 92. These are just games where he's averaging 30-plus yards a catch. It's insane.
4: Well, that's another guy that you bring up there that I think is going to fit in really nicely. I mean, I know he's, you know, he's going to be listed as a tight end, but, I mean, Rivaldo Fairweather, you've got him on the same field as now as, as Jair Shorter, as you mentioned Camden Brown. You've got a proven guy in Javarius Johnson who's caught passes in the SEC before. And so I really think this receiver room is starting to fill out well. I know again that Fairweather's listed as a tight end, but I mean, I, I really think in this, huge he's a hybrid. Offense, the yeah, he really is. He's a, he's a hybrid. Um, you know, I, I think about uh, and and a former Auburn high school guy actually, Cody Core, who went out to Ole Miss, who he kind of fits that mold. He's he's not quite a a run down the field receiver and, and you know go up and grab one on the outside, but um, I think he probably could do that if you're if you're asking him to so. Uh, Yeah, he's in that same mold, and I think it's starting to come together real well.
2: I mean, I've got this sneaking suspicion that Fairweather finishes second on the team in receiving yards. Wouldn't that be something as a tight end? When's the last time that happened at Auburn?
4: Yeah, and I think so. And here's the other one. With with the way that Hugh Freeze and company like to throw around the ball, um, I, I guess to people that you wouldn't expect, Where do you think Jarquez Hunter finishes on that receiving list? Because I don't think it's as low as as a lot of people would think.
1: It may not be as low as we think, but I think if if they continue to bring in dudes who are built to catch the football, you may not have to use Jarquez He was daggum third on the team last year, guys. (laughs) There was nobody else to catch the the ball! Last
4: year... So there you go, and I don't know if he's going to be asked to do that again. I mean, yes, I know. You know, now that you mention that, that actually may go down some, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think that he's going to be bringing up the fifth or sixth spot like like a lot of running backs tend to do. I mean, I think that you're you're going to see this spread around around a lot more. Um, I wonder how much the catch volume, I guess, J.R. Shorter is going to go up this year. You know, he's definitely a big play guy, but if he's bringing in one or two receptions a game. Auburn probably wants him for a little more than that. Yeah, so I uh, think it's fair. I just, I just wonder what the catch volume looks like at a place like Auburn. Can he go up and get it against SEC DBs?
2: Do y'all know who led Auburn in receptions last year? This is going to blow your mind. In receptions, oh. in receptions, most most receptions. It's going to blow your mind. It's an answer I don't want to know.
4: Is it like is it like Luke Deal or oh, I don't know
2: Tank Bigsby? Good lord.
1: He caught 30 balls, four more than your than your receiver who led the team in Javarius Johnson which is why Hugh Freeze (laughs) has gone to the portal to get wide receivers right just like Jair Shorter who has committed to play for Auburn uh, from North Texas earlier today we have Jack joining us Jack Hutton that is joining us on the phone lines Jack you were originally coming on to talk a little baseball so let's get to that because I know you want to touch on that Uh, baseball coming off of an impressive sweep over the weekend in Oxford you were there Uh, what'd you see from Auburn besides the fact that uh, the bats definitely traveled with the tigers
4: i know i'm gonna have to start charging you guys for a fee to, to go on the ground and be your uh on the line you know on the ground reporter essentially
1: <laughs> hey um, i'll pay well, i'll pay you as much as we uh as we pay our interns
4: oh sweet man that that that'll buy me a whole stick of gum at the gas <laughs>
1: station
4: um no i'm kidding but i think the so just talking about this weekend This was a weekend that you felt like in years past, it could have been, you could have had a letdown. And so you get off these two big weekends of beating LSU and South Carolina and back to back weekends. And then you go to a SEC road series where, you know, Ole Miss is not what they've been, but it's still a program that you have to take seriously. And, you know, Auburn could have gone up there, dropped two, and all of a sudden you're back on the bubble of the NCAA tournament. Well, Auburn did the exact opposite of that. They go up and absolutely dominated. I mean, I, I think you're starting to see the the about two through seven uh, in Auburn's lineup. Um, boy, they're starting to explode. I mean, if you, oh, yeah. if you run through guys like Cole Foster, Bobby Pierce, you know, Cooper McMurray, I mean, all those guys, Bryce, I, and, you know, we're, I'm leaving off them, but those two through seven guys are just so uh, dominant and consistent right now. Now, I say that and, you know, hopefully they're not going to go over 15 this next weekend, but I mean, I just, every time they're coming up, it seems like that each one of them are threats to go yard, if not hit a double. Um, so that's that's really prominent right now. I think the other side of things is that the freshman pitchers have done a really good job of kind of filling their roles. Um, it's, it's not necessarily this, you know, dominant pitching performance from the freshman, but it is, you know, a solid couple of outings from Drew Nelson. Now it's, That Crouchbell coming in and at least giving you some competitive innings, whereas you know maybe he was um, too heavy on the walks before. It's a guy like Hayden Murphy giving you some innings, so I think that that's helpful. Um, When you look at what Auburn's got coming up, you know it's Missouri this weekend. I do think Auburn is still in the conversation to go grab a host bid. They're going to have to. I'm leaning more towards you're going to have to sweep Missouri this weekend Mm -hmm. um, and then make some notes in the tournament just because you've got some SEC teams ahead of you. But if they can do that, I really think it's an Auburn team that can host again um, and that it's starting to turn into one that I could see even getting to a Super and, and winning a Super getting back to Omaha.
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Jack, was that that noise has continued to get louder of Auburn possibly hosting a regional. And, uh, you know, we've talked with different people about it, and it seems like even if Auburn does what they can do with sweeping Ole Miss, and even if they were to sweep Missouri this weekend, and even if they were to make some noise in Hoover, it seems like there has to be some movement in the teams in front of them for Auburn to host. Are you confident that Auburn is going to be able to host, or... Would it just be a miracle and then be thankful for it if it happens?
4: I think it is more likely that Auburn it probably winds up as a two-seed somewhere right now, um, even if you were to win the series this weekend and then go into Hoover and, and maybe win one or two games. Um, I think where that starts to change, though, is you, know, you, you beat Missouri and then you get to the SEC tournament. You're going to have a chance to go up against some of these teams that you're going to be in competition with for hosting, and a lot of times, recency bias can matter in something like that. I mean, you know, let's say it gets to an Auburn and Tennessee battle for who's going to host, and maybe Tennessee has a slightly better overall record, but Auburn wins in SEC, and oh, by the way, they've got the one head-to-head game that they've played that year. So I think Hoover is as important this year for Auburn's hosting chances as it has been uh, in, in quite some time. And so, um, you know, Auburn has not in previous years performed – that well in hoover um and like i think their last win was in 2018 and so you know what does auburn look like getting to the sec tournament and and running through there can they make a little noise against these teams that they would be up against and maybe you get some help from the committee and saying it's in it's you know you're going up against another possible host school you know auburn gets the edge here because that's the only game they've played or that's the most recent one they played auburn's the hot team let's put them in over anybody else
1: Jack, we appreciate it, man. We got to get to a break and uh, we got to wrap up this hour. It's always fun talking ball with the football and baseball. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you in here on Friday.
4: All right, fellas. Appreciate
1: it. Yep, that's Jack Hutton. Good friend of ours joining us. He's normally in studio on Fridays. Wanted to call in and uh, talk a little baseball. And we appreciate him doing that. Also got some football news in as well. But when we come back, we're going to get to Terry, who has patiently been waiting on the phone lines. We'll get to him as we wrap up our number one. Also, speaking of Auburn baseball, with their final home series, their final regular season series of the year against Missouri starting on Thursday, we've got some tickets to give away. Two tickets for Auburn Auburn baseball versus Missouri on Thursday, game 1 of the series. Give us a call, you know how it is. First one to call in, you got them. 334 321 1390. That's two tickets for Auburn baseball versus Missouri at Plainsman Park on Thursday night. Give us a call. 334 321 1390. Terry, you're first up when we come back.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All
1: right, let's wrap up hour number one by getting back to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. And Terry, you're on the line. We appreciate you holding on, man. How are you?
5: I'm great, guys. No worries. Hey, guys, I just got a message from a friend of mine, a former coworker around in Talladega. Said uh, shorter to Auburn. Is there a good psychiatrist or, or psychiatric help in Auburn, like Because you're going to need one. Year, but you're going to have nothing to gripe about this year. Do what? He told me there's nothing. I'm going to have nothing to gripe about this year. <laughs> With all the Hugh Freeze is doing. So well, I thought. That, there you go.
1: There you. So you're yeah, exci- hate- So basically, you're excited about the commitment of Chayre Shorter, huh?
5: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh yeah, and and guys, I must disagree with you guys on something. Uh-oh. Brian Harson didn't know where Central was. It was just Central Michigan or Central Washington, Central Idaho,
1: Central yeah. Idaho. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, no doubt about that. So just
5: just just, uh, but hey, look, how many new starters are going to be on this team next year? The twenty-two offensive
1: defensive starters. How many are going to be new? Oh goodness, I'd have to write it out. But okay,
2: well, let's talk about it. You've got Justin Rogers on the defensive line potentially an edge in either McAllister or McLeod or this unnamed third edge that we know Auburn is after. I think he got a good shot at landing Larry Nixon at linebacker. Uh, that's probably it on the defense as far as uh, incoming transfers, unless, unless Kay and Lee starts opposite DJ James, which would be something for a true freshman, The uh, the flip from Ohio State. And then I think on the offense... You could see four starting offensive linemen, a couple receivers, uh, and a new quarterback and a tight end. So I mean, it's
5: almost half of the starters.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's a fair estimate.
5: That should say quite a bit to anybody that follows Auburn football. Almost half the starters are going to be new. Oh, yeah. Just the kind of the kind of the kind of situation that that, that program was in mm-hmm. thanks to Malzana that that ridiculous two year period of Brian Horson.
1: Yeah, I think it speaks to where the program was. And Terry, I also think it speaks to and you're gonna like this, it speaks to what Hugh Freeze has done. The fact that he has brought in that many true day one starters from the transfer portal and from recruiting as well.
5: And you know what also says, Jacob, is is um is um um you know, with, with, now Nick Saban is not going to have a free reign in exclusive because of the patheticness of Malzahn or Harson.
1: You're right about
3: but that. He's
5: actually going to have to go to roll up his sleeves and go to work a little bit.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and Which I, I don't tell think you he's what.
5: beyond, because <laughs> he's, he's had so much success. The program kind of recruits itself. And mm-hmm. in no way, shape or form, I'm, I'm insinuating that Nick Saban is afraid of Hugh Freeze. But now he's going to have to go to work because somebody's actually going to challenge him on something. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, and, and I think a way a way that before the football season starts, if you were to see – something that would kind of send that message. What if Auburn flips a Perry Thompson or a Sterling Dixon or lands a Cam Coleman or some of these really highly rated five, four- and five-star players, some of which are committed to Alabama? If you see Hugh Freeze flip one of those I mean, how long has it been since Auburn, other than Robert Woodyard, which was a pretty, pretty isolated incident, but we haven't seen Auburn consistently – Go head to head with Alabama in recruiting since Gene Chizik.
5: Wow, or even before that, quite honestly.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, I'm just I thinking back to like the Trooper Taylor, Curtis Looper days. That mm-hmm. staff, they may not have been the most uh, well put together staff, when it comes to actually coaching the game, being organized and uh, game planning and all that stuff, but they weren't afraid to go head to head with with Alabama and Saban. Like they did it consistently. They didn't win every battle, but they went head to head with Alabama. I don't feel like well, you know, Gus t- really did that.
5: Carter, Jacob, something I think people misunderstand is when a guy commits, I think schools quit recruiting. That doesn't happen,
1: right? And it, it also, not only do schools not not only do schools not quit recruiting them, those guys also don't quit visiting and talking to other schools.
5: And I've always said, if you're visiting other schools, you're not truly really committed.
1: That's the Dabo Sweeney way of thinking. You know, that, Dabo, that's the way I think. Dabo, is if, if you commit to Clemson, you're done. You don't talk to anybody else.
5: Right, and I, I,
1: I, can, I can understand that. I see both appreciate sides. Guys, you have a great day.
5: Yeah, appreciate, appreciate the call, Terry. Terry.
1: We appreciate you holding on as we had Jack joining us and then Terry as we uh, wrap up our number one. Yeah, I think it – when you think about the fact that Auburn could literally have half their starters in 2023 be brand new faces and brand new names, it says two things to me. It says the roster was in a terrible spot, and Hugh Freeze and company have come in and gotten not just names and numbers and not just going after as many guys as physically possible. They're going after good players. They're going after high-level guys that are day-one starters when they walk in the door.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I you look at what this staff did in, the, in such a short window, flipping Keldrick Falk, flipping Connor Liu, flipping Kay and Lee. Heck, they flipped guys from all over the place. Mm -hmm. Sylvester Smith going to Tennessee. The biggest programs
1: in the country.
2: FSU, Ohio State. um, That's Miami and Tennessee right there. And they did it in two weeks. And three of them have already been on campus. And they might all play and play a lot. A couple of them might start...
1: And we're just getting started with Hugh Freeze and this Auburn tenure and what he is doing in recruiting in the transfer portal. Hour number one in the book. Stay tuned. We'll talk a lot more Auburn football coming up in hour number two.
0: The following is an Auburn Network production.
1: You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika Sports Elite. Happy Tuesday, everybody. And if you're an Auburn fan... You're probably having a pretty good Tuesday as we had some breaking news to start the show today. Hour number one is in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two is officially underway right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird With me as always on ESPN 106.7, this is the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back if you missed any of our number one. Be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it at ESPNAU.com. You'll find it commercial-free right after the show today, or you can just search on the line wherever you get your podcast, and uh, you could catch up with all of our number one as we talked about the receiver situation as Auburn has picked up the transfer wide receiver from North Texas, Jair Shorter. He is an instant starter for Auburn in the wide receiver room. He will be your deep threat guy. Well, hes I think he's instantly in the rotation. Probably a starter,
2: but but I do think that it, it just makes your, your group better. It That's gives fair. you something, a deep threat guy that you know you can rely on. Um, and I think that, I mean, Javaris Johnson was kind of the deep threat guy this past year for Auburn. And frankly, I've, I have always said, going back to – Javarius Johnson's high school tape is, hey, I am making a highlight tape of Julian Edelman running that little whip route. Yeah. where That little choice whip route that he runs, and I'm having Javarius watch like 20 hours of it and say, this is what you're going to do every single
1: play. And maybe since you actually have <laughs> offensive coaches now maybe they'll do something like that and so auburn again if you missed the breaking news it dropped pretty much right at two o'clock as we were going on the air uh the north texas wide receiver transfer Jair shorter has committed to play for auburn uh he is the uh third wide receiver that auburn has brought in through the transfer portal the second in this portal window alone of course uh caleb burton the ohio state receiver transfer is also on the planes and here committed to play for auburn and and look, we would, uh, we can talk about what Hugh Freeze has done in the transfer portal and just hype him up and talk about the good things. But I think the results speak for themselves, man. He's, he's absolutely destroying the transfer portal. I mean, if anybody goes oh, yeah. in there, Auburn's reaching out. If they're good, if they're good enough to play at Auburn, Hugh Freeze is going after them, and he's not missing very often. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're,
2: <laughs> if you're an Auburn fan... You haven't seen the effort like this maybe ever, ever. And and we saw it when we went to open practice. He's literally talking to recruits nonstop. Like he has decided I know I have to revamp this roster and I have to put my everything into upgrading the talent because that's the biggest difference from Brian Harson to Hugh Freeze. Brian Harson thought he could take a bunch of two and three stars, like I guess he did at Boise, which, keep in mind, in the Mountain West, Boise recruited itself better than any other school in that league. At Arkansas State, when he stepped into what Hugh Freeze and Gus Malzahn built, that school recruited itself, or he inherited the talent, he wasn't there very long, but that school recruited itself better than anybody else in the Sun Belt at the time. He always had the best talent. And so I think he thought, oh, well, I win games because I coach up these guys so well. Well, no. You had the best talent. You just didn't understand it in the SEC, and you thought you could coach up a bunch of three stars Mm -hmm. into winning games in the SEC, which ain't how it works. Nope. Now you got Hugh Freeze, somebody who gets it, somebody who's done it. And it's miles different. He Look, Hugh Freeze... I don't care if he never wins a national championship at Auburn. What he's going to do in terms of bringing in talent is going to be something you have not seen at all.
1: Which will give him opportunities to do that right there. Compete, right? Compete in the SEC. Compete in the SEC championship game. And be an, an actual option... To make the college football playoff. And so, no, we're not saying that's going to happen in 2023. It may not happen in 2024. It may not happen in 2025. But Auburn at least has a chance. I think Hugh Freeze
2: has, of the potential coaches of the last, let's say, nine years, because we're going to cut out 2013 with with Malzahn, because that was a special year, obviously. Between Malzahn after year one... Brian Harson and every coach that's been mentioned for the potential Auburn job when it's come up open twice. With what we've seen so far, I think Hugh Freeze has the best chance and the best plan to get Auburn back to an elite level where they could potentially win a national championship, where they could sustain a 9-10-11
1: wins a year for a stretch, a stretch in time. The point I always bring up, though, Yes, Hugh Freeze has done fantastic things in the portal. He's done fantastic things in the high school recruiting ranks, but you still have to get the results on the field, right? You still have to – you coach your team, teach your guys, and at the end of the day, when the fall rolls around, you still got to get the wins on the field. You got to get the results. And so, yeah, we're still waiting on that. Hugh Freeze hasn't had the chance to do that here yet, but he's pretty much been a winner everywhere else that he's been. And so I think if you're an Auburn fan, you should be excited about this. You get another addition through the transfer portal in the North Texas wide receiver, Jair Shorter, who will come in and be an immediate impact player for Auburn on the offensive side of the football. Phone lines are open here in hour number two. Give us a call. How are you feeling about Auburn adding another wide receiver to a room that is quietly getting a lot better under Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff? Give us a call. Quietly,
2: I mean, you you picked up two since
1: Peyton Thorn. That's that's a statement to me. That's very fair. That's very fair. <laughs> but again, it it's not. I don't think it. Even with Jair Shorter, I don't think it's a room that people are going to be super hyped up about going oh, that, into the fall until they see results, right? That's fair.
2: And and but this, I mean, this is you aren't in this transfer portal window. There's not a lot of guys that you're going out there and seeing like, oh, this. You're not going to find a Jamison Williams very often <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. But if you find guys right. that are upgrades, because right now what he's trying to do in year one is he's trying to get better than Arkansas, than Mississippi State, than Ole Miss, than uh, some of these other schools in the SEC that are in that mid-tier. He's moving towards taking out a Georgia and Alabama I guess LSU's caught kind of in between those two tiers that I mentioned. But You didn't mention A&M. Oh, well,
1: yeah, because it's Jimbo <laughs> Fisher. I think Jimbo Fisher's the worst coach in the conference. Oh, goodness, I'm bigger. I I, think he's an idiot. I knew I could get you riled up on that one. 334-321-1390, <laughs> 3, 3, 3, 1, we'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on Auburn adding a wide receiver in the transfer portal or your thoughts on Hugh Freeze or anything else going on in the sports world? 334-321-1390, 3, 3, 3, 1, and we're going to get to Ty the Tiger. You're on the line, man. Welcome in. What's going on, guys? What's up, Ty nah, nah, There's not much, man. I, uh, you want to talk about anything?
6: Oh man. Uh, <laughs> let me, let, 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 so let me say now, I think, you know, I think about two or three weeks ago, everybody was talking about our stealing, you know, being a 10 and two team uh, was a little premature. I think now you can kind of maybe say that. Ooh, that's uh, still
2: course, aggressive.
6: I, I'm just saying ceiling now. I'm saying ceiling. I'm not. I'm saying that's, okay. that's See, why I think ceiling. The, our I'm, best I'm okay
2: friends, with with that being the ceiling in in your mind, but
6: yeah, that's I a mean, again, we're a long way case, from that being the expectation. Case, best case scenario. And now mm-hmm. again, get the boys got to get on the field and play. <laughs> so I mean, we still got to do that. So I, I, I get. And you know, I'm a realist. You know, a lot of a lot of Auburn fans um, didn't know who Shorter was, but. Uh, if you play FanDuel on a Tuesday night, you know who Mr. Shorter is because <laughs> uh, he scored you a lot of points. So yes.
1: I absolutely- <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, I, Ty, I love that, man. I absolutely love that. <laughs> oh, that's hey, funny. I'm
6: just saying, I'm a sports fan. That's I right. Watch, I that's watch right. Everything and uh, compete about everything as well. So, you know, you tell me bang. you
1: know a little something about some Russian ping pong, Ty.
6: Yeah, I, no, I don't go that far, deep, but, uh, you
1: know, I, I don't go that far, deep. but I do like the, I do like the horse races. There you night. go. There you <laughs> go. Well, oh, a side note real quick before I let you keep going. A couple of weeks ago, I actually had uh, the, the the honor to meet Ty at a golf tournament. We were out at the uh, at an Opelika Golf Tournament at RTJ, and Ty was out there hitting the golf ball around a little bit, had a chance to meet you, and man, it was an honor, and I'm glad I got to do that, so that was a lot of fun.
6: No, that was cool, man. That was awesome. It was, it was cool to put a face with the name and actually, you know, shake your hand, say hello. Uh, I think we took a little picture, a little a little cameo too. That's dude. right.
1: That's right. Hey, keep that, man. You never know.
6: <laughs> so yeah, but no, that was a fun. Uh, that was a fun tournament by the uh, Chamber of Converse and uh, man, I'm I'm just glad we were playing a scramble. So you know that bar, <laughs> that, that that bar. That's right. That bar, that, that, that one you saw me hit, Jay. That, you know I hit a lot better ones after that, but uh, you know, that's just the rumor. So you know.
1: <laughs> That's right. Hey, look. Hey, it looked good to me, man. Well, look. I know you're excited about about what Hugh Freeze and he's doing in the transfer portal, especially at the wide receiver spot.
6: Well, you know, here's my thing, and and we talked about this when when Harson, you know, when he got fired, and we started hearing just the, the unspeakable, just things that were going on, and just how I mean. How you know how we were even good at all? You know, um, really says a lot to Cadillac and keeping that team together because it looks like the guy just didn't even pay attention to recruiting. You know, Hugh Freeze is not only paying attention, but is going out there and making a dent in things. Um, again, man, you know, you give this guy a couple of years. You know, a lot of people. You know, you know when he first got on, a lot of people were saying, you know, well, you know, yeah, well, he did that at Ole Miss because. You know, he gave him money and all that. Okay, well, that's legal now, brother. So if he can just stay stay off the call, girls, we'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? We'll be just fine. Um, I think I gave you even a stat. You know, at one point in time, Ole Miss, as a university, had had like, I can't remember it now, but it was like 12 five-star recruits in their entire existence. And, And Hugh Freeze brought in five of them. Yeah. Um, so I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was about right, that about that ratio. He almost had half of them, or even more than half, or something. But at the same time, I mean, this guy's going to recruit once he gets a full year under his belt and gets everything. You know, you know, this is you know people people act like this is just a football in a school, but you know, it's like like you've heard him say, man, this is I'm the CEO of this um you know university in yeah. you know, this football program now. I mean, it's a business and it's a billion dollar business now and now the players are getting a part of it It, it's a it's a legit business with employees and and paychecks that's right so um the man seems like he knows how to make that happen so now it's going to be put on paper he'd probably do a little bit more damage you know what i'm saying so you know i never looked down on anybody that got caught cheating giving money players because in my eyes you know, like we all run red lights and we all maybe not wear our seat belt sometimes. It's really just who the cop sees doing it is who gets called. If, if you get what I'm saying in that scenario, because I mean, you know, for an Alabama fan to look me in the eye and act like Alabama's never given any money to anybody, it's just, retar- it's just, it's just unspoken of. And I don't even want to hear, you know, I, that at that point in time, I know what kind of fan I'm, I'm talking to and what actually legit like, conversations we can have. <laughs> you no, know, so, well,
1: I'm with you. I'm with man, you.
6: I'm excited. I'm going to go out there and say that um man, I'm going to go ahead and predict, okay?
1: Okay. All right. We got to tie the Tiger prediction. Here we go.
6: I'm going with uh 23 touchdowns and 35 30 uh, let's say 3000 passing yards for Mr. Horn. I think I think I think Mr. um Mr. Hunter's going to get 1,000 yards rushing. And I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Burton is going to get 1,000 yards receiving. I think wow.
2: The most Ty, Ty, I, I, when you make that statement, I want to I wanna ask you this follow-up. Do you know how many 1,000-yard res- receiving seasons Auburn has in its entire existence?
6: Uh, Sammy Coates. <laughs>
5: Sammy Coates got
2: really close. He's the closest to get there. But Auburn has two ever and one of them was terry beasley
6: terry beasley wow so i'm you're talking about before i was born that is crazy
1: yeah there's not wow. very many of them in the history of auburn football that's for sure
6: and and but again now let me ask you this how many thousand yard receivers uh did Hugh freeze have at ole miss and liberty
2: oh uh, i, I, I had. promise you yeah he, he had more than auburn has in its entire existence <laughs>
6: So that's what I'm banking on. And again, I think we're going to run. I think we're going to run and throw the ball out of the yard.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: I think we're going to score a lot of points. I think it's going to come down to our defense. I think we fixed the offense. Now we just got to go out and execute. You know, you can only, you, you know, the coach can only put the plays in the players' hands and put them on the field. They can't make the ball go where it needs to go, and they can't make a person juke and do all that. So again, I think Hugh's done his job on offense. Now we got to get back focusing a little bit more on defense. I think um, I think offense was so bad that we had to focus so much on them, mm-hmm. and now we have. So I think you know now we need to focus and get maybe one or two more playmakers on defense. And man, we're gonna be stout. I mean, we're gonna be stout.
1: I'm with um, you, and, I, and and Ty, I think Auburn will. I think they will get one or two more guys on defense.
6: So I'm excited to see it, man. Um, I mean, again. <sighs> It, 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 it's it's every year it's like this you know i mean e- even last year with brian harson we were still like well now it's his you know and it's, he's gonna win winterly you know we were we we the good thing about being an auburn fan even if you think you're gonna suck you really really have high hopes and you think auburn's just gonna pull it out somehow man it's a rough ride and that, isn't it it's a rough ride, but you know I wouldn't be—I I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. There you go, man. We got a good university, a good family, man, and and, and it's, it's it's a good place to be. So, man, I'll hang up. And listen, guys, I'm excited. We're
1: damn Eagle. Appreciate the call, Ty. Good to hear from you. 334 321 1390. We'd love to hear from you as well. Your thoughts on Auburn and the transfer portal, Auburn football, that is, who have picked up another transfer. It is Jair Shorter, the North Texas wide receiver who caught 23 balls for 11 touchdowns over 600 yards a season ago. I'll, I will have an answer for Ty on his question about how many thousand yard receivers has you had in his coaching tenure? after the uh, break. We'll talk about it when we come back here on the Tuesday edition of On The Line.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com, or on the ESPN 1067 app.
1: Welcome back inside the studio here at ESPN 1067. Auburn Opalika like a sports leader. Carter, you have an answer on what Ty was asking us, comparing Auburn's total... Thousand yard rushers or thousand yard receivers, excuse me, in the history of the program versus what Hugh Freeze has done at Ole Miss and Liberty, has he had more than Auburn has in their history? He has had more. So from from 2011
2: to now, so Arkansas State the, for the one season, Ole Miss, and then uh, Liberty in 2011, Dwayne Frampton did it for Arkansas State. 2015, Laquan Treadwell at Ole Miss. And 2019, Antonio Gandy-Golden did it. He actually had the most. I think he had like almost 1,400
1: yards. Wow. So he Hugh Freeze, in his coaching, head coaching career, has 3,000-yard receivers. Auburn, in the, its entire history in the football program, has two. I think if you go – if back in the day, they didn't count bowl games. I think if you counted
2: bowl games, I think Terry Beasley would have two. I think. Okay. Interesting. But uh, I think, if I'm recalling that correctly.
1: So – to to answer Ty's question and to really put all of this into perspective, a guy because Ty made a very bold statement saying that Caleb Burton was going to be a thousand yard receiver this year. Which uh, credit to you, Ty, if you're right, man. You'll be on top of the world. I don't think so, but I think history I think is not on your side. We we saw Darvin Adams get to 997 yeah. in 2009, yeah, and that's the closest we've seen. Mm-hmm. So, but to Ty's point, Hugh Freeze he has thousand yard receivers and his offense is built to maybe have a thousand yard receiver so we will see how that goes let's get back to the phone lines though Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. and greg you're on the line welcome in Hey
7: right, guys war eagle hey man hey,
1: good to hear from you man how are you
7: good good up here doing a little military duty in montgomery
1: okay oh, I okay
7: yeah I was sitting in my cubicle sitting there checking y'all out right on my earbuds but uh no, I was going to say, you said we had two. Who was the other guy? Was it Carson Bailey?
2: It was not. I believe it was Ronnie Daniels, if I have that right.
7: Nah, okay. Oh, Ronnie. Oh, oh one C. Ronnie.
2: Mm-hmm, okay. yep. He, Ronnie yeah, Daniels okay. had 1,068 yards in 1999. Uh, Terry Beasley had... 1,051 in 1970, 963 in 71. I don't think that includes the bowl game, if you include that, because back then, for whatever reason, bowl games didn't count for your season stats. It pushes him over, so it should be technically be three. And since then, since Ronnie Daniels, the closest we have seen, you, we had uh, Darvin Adams go for 997 in 2009 and 963 in 2010.
7: Oh, Darwin! He had some hands on him now. Yeah, he he,
2: know, he was a stud. He no doubt. wasn't the best athlete in the world, but he was really good at he, running that little out route and the dig. And he would go to the sticks and catch that ball every single time.
7: He had great body awareness. You just thought he was a basketball player, uh, but he he had great body awareness. As far as you're talking about Ronnie Daniels, I guarantee you he got a quarter of them against Georgia that year on the go route. It's a <laughs> little fade right there on him. They could not stop it I've Oh yeah. He burned the them. That's All the most games.
2: dominant game I've seen an Been Auburn receiver have.
7: Yeah. I love to see some more of them days. I think uh I think OU's getting us in the right direction. Um, 100%. I'm not I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna pump sunshine on it. I'm gonna say it uh I'm I'm looking probably eight wins, you know, but then I'm saying eight wins going into Alabama, so we'll see what we'll see what happens. I said, well, I say going into they got to come play us this year. That's right,
1: that's right. Georgia <laughs> we'll and Alabama run. will be in Auburn this year. Well,
7: we we'll get some things rolling. We we'll get some things rolling. Hugh gets it going, and uh, we're gonna be all right. I'm gonna ask you this: uh, Were we supposed to have another commitment today? Uh, I don't know about us, but uh, he was supposed to commit today. Uh, Wasn't the linebacker out of North Texas? Yes. To, uh, so Larry
2: Nixon, I think there is a little bit of. It's a matter of time. I think it's either today or tomorrow. I think the only snag would be. I think he's informing the schools involved uh, what his decision is. Whether he gets that done today, you could see an announcement. If not, I think it'll be tomorrow. I think Auburn feels really good about where they sit for him.
7: Yeah, well, I, I definitely. Definitely lot like to take him. Uh, we could have got in on that Coleman guy, uh, too, as mm-hmm. far as the receiver goes. But, uh, you know, we'll take what we got. I think the biggest problem, everybody wants to – I say everybody. Everybody's not an Auburn fan. Look, Auburn was in a bad situation last year, and everybody knows the year before that, too. But, I mean, hey, guys, we almost won six games. Then again, we almost won four games. But, I mean, you get a little bit of dang coaching and, and some competency going around there. Yeah, that team right here wins six, maybe seven games. Yeah, they yeah. was in a lot of they was in a lot of games that they blew, and mm. everybody seems to forget yep. that, and that's fine. That's fine. But, Fair, you know, but
2: but you you also had the Missouri game is the grossest gold win gold. I've ever seen in my life.
7: I, I turned I turned the radio <laughs> off and I turned it back on because I couldn't stand it no more. I was going to listen to the post game, and then we won. I was there like,
2: you go, I Greg. Don't know how. You're lucky but, you uh, listened to it on the radio. It was a lot worse on television and in person. Oh,
7: i was we was planting food plots that day, and i I was sitting there like, you' got to be kidding me, at least I had a cold beer right there but uh man, what what were you hearing about the basketball team here guys I mean I know it seems like we've been waiting around a little bit, and I know we're doing our due diligence and all mm-hmm. that and uh i I see what they, they offered another kid uh I think he played at San Diego State and went to junior college for a year, and then um yeah, talking about maybe getting him for the wing and I mean, hopefully we can get Broome back. I know, you know, I, I'm going tell you all right now, it depends on what Broome really wants to do. Uh, he I, can come back and make some money at Auburn, and they, they better put some money behind him because Bruce Pearl, I, I know Auburn football needed it. Don't get me wrong. But there it Y'all know what Bruce Pearl inherited. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and the crap that he went through, to get it where it is now. And I, I'm a big-time basketball fan, and I've always been a big basketball fan. I remember being a little kid running up in uh Baird East, and that was the year. The year before, we uh, went on that two-year run with Chris Porter, Doc Robinson, Bryant, Mamadou Njai. I I seen these guys running up the stairs, and I was like starstruck. And man, I
1: there you go. Mm-hmm.
7: I, I love I love love some basketball, and I I want to see I want to see us get behind him, uh, especially the NIL deal, and oh, yeah. and get some of these guys. I man, I, shoot, I mean they can say what they want. All these other guys He's talking about paying a while ago. Bruce has been toe to toe with everything. One of them. And he's beating them, you know, and beating them with uh, less star quality players. Mm-hmm. He gets the most out of his guys, and and I hate that we, you know, Westerly left and some other guys left. I mean, it's just I guess it's the culture that's being created now. But uh, I hope we can be competitive. I think we're gonna be. Uh, I think we're gonna be pretty tough up here at the guard position. Uh, oh, yeah. We need a good three, but we need you know we need Dylan Caldwell to take a step forward this year, big time.
1: There and you go. Hope, you
7: know, Jalen Williams, you know. Jalen Williams has alpha in him. uh he, he's got to get it out of him. if he, if he wants to be a yeah. professional player or even wants to play nba he, he's got to get it out of him he's got to realize he, he can do it and he's got to uh,
2: realize he's the best player on the team he hasn't done that in was, his career mm-hmm.
7: well he's just too he's just too passive sometimes yep. and, and that's know, right if, if, if everything clicks, we might catch some lightning in the bottle but uh I want to you know just hang up listen to what y'all hearing about the basketball team and Uh, Enjoy your show, guys. Appreciate Appreciate it,
1: man. We'll talk some more about basketball and some football when we come back. Greg, we appreciate the call, man. Great to hear from you. Give us a call. We've had a great show today with great phone calls, 334-321-1390. We'll talk more football news and Auburn basketball when we come back.
0: You are on the line with Jacob Goert. And Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line and what has been a busy show today uh, with the breaking news that Auburn has added a wide receiver through the transfer portal uh, from North Texas. And uh, Auburn fans seem to be pretty excited about Jair Shorter, who will be coming into what is a, an improved wide receiver room and what should be an improved offense as well. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird. Had tons of great phone calls. We'd love to hear from you as well. 334 321 1390. Our listeners and callers are what make this show so much fun and so we'd love to hear from you your thoughts on football and basketball as greg just called in and uh, was asking a little bit about basketball and i do want to hit on that just a little bit carter because uh bruce pearl and auburn they did offer a juco player um we know that auburn is trying to fill out the rest of their roster with some guys that have departed, uh, some guys they've brought in, and trying to fill uh, a couple of more spots on this roster really at the three spot. That seems to be where Auburn has to find somebody, if not two guys, to come in and play the three because the guard's the guard situation is pretty solid, and the five yeah. situation is solid as well. But it's that three and four uh, positions on Auburn's roster right now that Bruce Pearl and company are trying to address.
2: Yeah, and I think that that's, that's the the emphasis right now is filling these last couple uh, positions of need. I To bring up what Greg was talking about with Jani Broom. look, Jani Broom had a great weekend at the G League elite camp. And I haven't really kept up with how he's done at the NBA Combine. But I don't think Auburn's worried about Jani Broom leaving. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday. I don't think Jani Broom... I don't think this is a situation where Jani Broom has the skill set yet to play at at the NBA level. And I think he can, with NIL, he can make more money at Auburn with in IL money than he would in the G League. He's a really good player, and I think that this is something that is going to build a lot of confidence. This experience will build a lot of confidence in Barum. He could have an enormous breakout. Like he was already I mean I, 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 you could make the argument he was Albert's best player this past year. I think that's probably fair. I think that you might see him ascend to a different level next year. But I don't think I don't think pro is that much of a threat Right now for Broom. Now, we, you would think the other name that we have talked so much about to the point that I'm almost tired of talking about him is Tyron Lawrence, the Vanderbilt transfer, who was also at the G League elite camp. Um, didn't play well. Didn't play well in game two and day two. I don't know exactly what he did on, uh, on day one. Did not get the invite to the NBA Combine. A guy who was 13.1 points per game last year, 4.4 rebounds, 1.7 assists, uh, 36% from three. He's a good player. And this was the guy that Auburn's been kind of sitting there waiting on, waiting on, waiting on. Because I think they thought he would return to college. Um, The pathway appears to be clear for that. And I think that's why you saw Auburn pass on... um, some of the other names out there, like Matthew Cleveland, who ended up at Miami from FSU, who I think would have been a good addition to this Auburn team, but now we see the offer go out to Chad Baker Baker Mazzara, uh, out of is it Northwest Florida? Is that I think it's Northwest Florida Community College? Uh, who last year for them was 15.2 points per game. Uh, he was 3.6 rebounds, 2.1 assists, 6'7", 190 pounds, 46.9% from three. I like it. I like it a lot. To me, this is... We're tired of playing games with Tyron Lawrence. We are tired of waiting. We've been very patient. We've let you explore the pro route. You're not going pro.
1: Make a decision, or we will move on. That's what this is. And in my opinion... Before And let me go ahead and get this out of the way because the narrative's going to come up. right? It's good. Somebody will bring it up, and I'm going to go ahead and put this to bed before it does. Just because he's coming from a JUCO rank, if he were to come to Auburn, just because he played at junior college, just because he played at a community college, yes, his numbers are good because he played lesser competition. Yes, doesn't mean he's not a good player, right? It doesn't mean he can't play, and it doesn't mean that he can't play at the SEC level. Now, he will have to adjust if he does come to Auburn, coming from JUCO to the SEC, sure. There's no doubt about it. But the narrative that comes up is, well, how good is he actually if he's playing in a community college? Like, How good is he really if he's playing at that level? The guy can play, man. The guy can play.
2: He was at San Diego State before going to junior college. And look, not everybody goes to junior college because of how good they are. If you don't handle your business in the classroom,
1: you can end up in junior college. Or if you don't handle your business off the floor or out of the classroom. I mean, there are personal issues as well. Not saying that's this him, this particular instance, but just in general, you're absolutely right. I mean, just because you're you're in a Juco College situation doesn't mean you didn't have the grades or doesn't mean you can't play. There's so many other factors here. And so... I just want to put that to bed before it comes up of, well, does Auburn really want somebody that, sure, he shot 47% from three, but look at the level of competition. I don't care if you're playing against fifth graders. If you're shooting 50% from the three-point line, You're a good basketball player,
2: which means you're going to be at the three. You're going to be hard to get a hand in your face and make you uncomfortable because you're going to release the ball pretty
1: high. Auburn needs that, man. We know what Auburn needs. They need guys who can shoot the basketball. I know it's a crazy thought that, wow, we should go and get guys that can shoot the basketball, but Auburn didn't have anybody that could shoot last year, and now they're getting guys that can. And so that's why you saw Auburn going off for him. Uh, It seems like... They're they're tired of waiting around, and and we'll see what happens. I don't exactly know which one is going to come or if what the situation is, but Auburn is trying. Bruce Pearl is trying to fill out this roster, and he's running out of options.
2: Yeah, no, I mean this is yes because you had Matthew Cleveland move on. Um, I'm drawing a blank on on the guy that ended up at Cal. Mm-hmm. Um he was the Texas Tech transfer. Um, it feels like Auburn really cooled on him. Uh, but look, I mean, this is Chad Baker Mazzara would be a it would improve this Auburn team. Uh he's a guy who's he's actually from the Dominican Re- Republic. And uh he went to Spire Academy in Ohio, it looks like, for high school. How about that? Uh but uh yeah, he's he's somebody who at San Diego State Played about 13 minutes a game, 6.4 points, a couple rebounds, um, 0.6 assists. Was a good shooter there. And you're asking to step into this Auburn team after he's been a high-level player uh, at the junior college level, and he's going to have an opportunity to to make a significant impact. He's, he really is because you lose Alan Flanagan. You lose... A bunch of minutes, a bunch of production over the past three years at that three position. Yes, you've got Chris Moore there, but there are opportunities on the Sauberman roster. And I don't think you have to ask him to be a number one, number two, or even number three guy mm-hmm. because you got Denver Jones, because you got Janai Broome, because you got Aiden Holloway. You've got these pieces, you got Jalen Williams. Mm-hmm. Heck, if Jalen Williams does the thing that I've been begging for, if he finds that flip, or that switch that he can flip, that Isaac Okoro, that Chuma Okiki found, and realizes, hey, if I just realize I'm the guy, I'm a top five player in the SEC, yeah, then we're talking about an Auburn team that has a chance to be top 15 in the country, Mm -hmm. and And be a sweet 16 team with the ceiling of probably
1: Elite Eight. You mentioned Aiden Holloway. Seems like that's a guy that not a lot of people are talking about. I mean, we just it just comes into the assumption at this point because he's coming, right? He he is going to be at Auburn. He's the what? second highest recruit ever for Auburn basketball behind Jabari Smith now since he got his consensus five star and Bruce actually had a good quote uh the other day. He was talking I wonder about wonder how long he's going to stay at that Because I think there's going to be more coming behind him. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And Bruce had a quote earlier this week uh, talking about how he's gotten better. He said, quote, he's gotten a little bigger. He's competed well at those higher levels. That's what we hoped. We hoped a guy that we would sign or commit a year later would be showing that he's moving up the rankings. Bruce said, I think it shows you we made a good decision there. And what that tells me is... Bruce Pearl and Auburn knew that Aiden Holloway was going to continue to get better and better and better. He's grown a couple of inches, he's put on some weight, and he continues to get better, and Bruce Pearl and company snagged him up before the rest of the com- country realized, oh, this guy is a superstar, and he's on his way at the guard position.
2: That's what, that's what Bruce is so good at. Bruce is so good at getting on these... He sees something in these young guards in high school when they're uh, freshmen... Sophomore in high school, he gets on them early. He's always talking to them. He builds that bond, and then by the time they're ready to commit, Auburn's right there in the final couple couple teams left. Mm-hmm. We saw it with we saw it with Jared Harper. Heck, we kind of saw it with Wendell Green because there was there was a relationship there from when Wendell Green was in high school. But we saw it with Sharif Cooper. We saw it with Aiden Holloway. We saw it with Tahad Pettiford. We've seen it with a handful of point guards that. Auburn has been on these guys for a long time and build up that relationship and they end up coming to Auburn and they end up playing pretty well in Bruce Pearl's system because it's built. I think Wendell Green played well. I think he's – I kind of have him in his separate group. But when I look at Sharif Cooper, when I look at even Javon McCormick, when I look at Jared Harper, these point guards that have this elite quickness and this elite speed and they're little guards – they do really well in Bruce Pearl's system. I know everybody wants him to go get bigger guards,
1: but I think Aiden Holloway has a chance to be special. I do too. And he's six foot two. He measured in. He's grown a couple of inches. So he's six foot two is what he's measuring at right now. And no, that's not massive, but well, I mean, it's better than Wendell Green's height. Is that is that without shoes or with shoes? Because because
2: Oscar Shibwe, who you know, center for Kentucky, National Player of the Year two years ago, he
1: measured in at the combine. At six foot seven without shoes. Well, like somebody told us yesterday, how many times do you play basketball without your shoes on? Like, let's just be honest here. How many times are you running around barefoot? You've had moments in history, uh, the Mike Miller three with the Miami Heat in the playoffs years ago. That's the one that always comes to mind for me. When okay. he was
2: Yes, that is the one
1: instance where he shot it with one shoe on. And he nailed it. <laughs> you're good. But, but I but I don't get that. Why are we measuring a guy without shoes if you're gonna be using him with Shoes on on the basketball floor. Anyway, Aiden Holloway six foot two. We should, we should me- measure quarterbacks to their eyes. Sure, because that's that's <laughs> the height that they have to be to
2: see over you their. You don't measure line. them with their helmet on.
1: I mean, because doesn't matter. Doc Peyton Manning a few inches. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Auburn's going after some taller guards. They're going after some skilled players, and they have to fill the three spot. That is where the three and the four really. And it seems like Auburn would be okay finding a couple of guys that could almost flex at that spot right you could play the three or the four and or maybe even play the four and the five if you were to be able to find somebody like that uh one of the names that's been in the portal that Auburn has contacted that Auburn used to be in on is Julian Phillips who is transferring from Tennessee is not committed anywhere yet um I think that's a name that Auburn fans, they obviously know, and they obviously know he's a really, really good player and has potential to be a superstar. Imagine if Auburn were able to bring in a guy like Julian Phillips and what he could do at Auburn when he had Auburn in his final schools and then chose to go to play for Rick Barnes in Tennessee. And so what happens if Auburn is able to land him? And what happens if Auburn fills out this roster they have a chance, and we were talking about this, I believe, off the air yesterday. Twenty three has a chance to be really, really fun. Twenty four has the chance for Auburn 24, basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty three,
2: twenty four, this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. I think you have a chance to be a top fifteen team. I think you have a chance to probably. I would say your ceiling maybe elite eight. Maybe you you really uh, coalesce and come together and become a team that could make a final four. Maybe. But twenty four, twenty five is where it's at. I think if with the bones that are going to be in place, the the foundation in place with this class, with the transfers, with the uh, the pieces on the roster, and then if the potential of what the twenty four recruiting class could be, you might have a chance to be really elite, like top ten, top eight, good in that two years out from
1: now. And what's been the one of the things that we have talked about with Bruce Pearl has been. The roster management. It's been one of the very few things that we have criticized Bruce Pearl on is the consistent roster management. We're about to find out what his roster is like because he realized that this past year was not good enough. The team yeah. was not good enough. The I players think, were not mm-hmm. good enough. I think he is
2: over the past few years, he has learned a lesson in specific years. The Sharif Cooper year, I think he learned, okay, I got to go make sure I have guards in case... Sharif gets suspended. Justin Powell gets a concussion. Sharif hurts his ankle. And you are having to play Allen Flanagan at point guard. Uh, I think this past year, I think that you're seeing a shift to guys who put the team over everything else. I think that's what you're seeing on the Auburn basketball roster. And look, for varying reasons, Bruce Pearl has always had one arm tied behind his back since being the coach at Auburn, when it comes to acquiring talent. For the first time moving forward, I think this 24 class is going to show it. I think we're going to see the full potential of what Bruce Pearl can do in recruiting. And we might see this
1: Auburn basketball program go go up a notch, elevate a level or two. When we come back, we'll wrap up the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Give our final thoughts for today about the wide receiver commit for Auburn and uh, wrap up the Tuesday edition of On the Line when we come back. But... We do have tickets still available. Two more tickets, Auburn Baseball versus Missouri on Thursday. I got two tickets if you want to go to Plainsman Park and watch Auburn take on uh, the Missouri Tigers on Thursday. Give us a call. First one to call in. You got them, 334-321-1390. Two Auburn Baseball tickets versus Missouri on Thursday at Plainsman Park. Give us a
0: call. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
1: Wrapping up the Tuesday edition of On The Line, I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird. Uh, We gave away some baseball tickets, we appreciate everybody calling in for that. And uh, stay tuned for The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck from 4 to 6. They will have some tickets to give away as well. They'll also be breaking down all the news we've been talking about, Uh, the main one being Auburn picking up a wide receiver in the transfer portal. Uh, They have They have a new wide receiver addition for whoever the quarterback will be in 2023 to throw the football to Jair Shorter. The transfer grad transfer wide receiver from North Texas has committed and signed to play for Auburn football. So if you missed any of our show today, uh, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it one of two ways. You can search on the line wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to ESPNAU.com, click on the Podcast Center, and you'll find it commercial-free right there, right after the show. Uh, The news broke literally two minutes before we came on the air. I mean, it it was happening as we were coming on, and so uh, we've talked a lot about Jair Shorter, the wide receiver uh, who has committed and signed to play for Auburn through the transfer portal. The second one they've added in this portal window alongside Caleb Burton from Ohio State, and so we talked a lot about that. We've had tons of good callers and uh, talked some Auburn baseball and just talked about some Auburn basketball as well, and so it's been a fantastic show. If you've missed any of it, again, go and catch up. Tonight with the podcast at ESPNAU.com. Click on the podcast center and it'll be commercial-free right there. But Carter, final thoughts as we get out of here. We got a couple of minutes. Hugh Freeze does it again, man. Went to the transfer portal, got a stud, got a guy who's going to catch a lot of footballs from whoever the quarterback is, going to be an instant impact player. I talk about that all the time. That's what you're supposed to do in the transfer yeah. portal. This is another win for Hugh Freeze on the oh, yeah,
2: This is huge. This is big for Auburn. As they continue to add, I mean, these are the finishing touches. I think you've got three, four more guys, maybe, left to add. It's going to be an edge. It's going to be, I think, Larry Nixon, the linebacker from North Texas. That's the expectation. One more receiver. Uh, the the Hooks kid from Jackson State, I think he's coming on a visit, I think, this weekend. He'd be somebody I'd keep an eye on. Somewhere out there in the wilderness is Montana L- Lamanius Craig. No clue what's going on there because Auburn felt really good, and he's graduated, and we have not heard anything. It kind of feels not to the same extent, but Tyron Lawrence-ish. Yeah. Because it would have thought it would have already happened. Um, and maybe a safety, and I have no clue what's happening there because it's something you keep hearing about potentially adding a safety – Think you may have said something about it uh last week uh or may- maybe maybe yesterday. Uh but yeah, I mean I think I think this Auburn this Auburn football team is almost set in stone. It's almost ready. It's almost ready for everybody to start working towards that common goal of putting together wins. And I love the fact that Peyton Thorne and the receivers are coming back early to throw and get on the same page and learn the playbook together and And build that chemistry. I think think when you've got somebody like that, like Peyton Thorne, ready to lead the way with some of the veterans you have on this team, I think this can be a sneaky good Auburn team in 23.
1: The talent's there, man, and Hugh Freeze continues to find it in the transfer portal, and he continues to win the battles in the transfer portal. We'll talk more about it tomorrow and as the summer goes on, but we're out of time here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, but come back tomorrow right here on ESPN 106.7 from 2 to 4. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.